We are on a mission this month as we start a new year to rekindle our hope. We are on a mission to rekindle our hope. That is my desire during this month. That is my prayer for this month, that we would remember the hope that we have in Jesus Christ and that we would reaffirm the hope that we have in our Savior Jesus. Now, my prayer is the fruit of that is that it would so shape us and it would so inspire us that we would walk around overflowing in hope, that we would walk around abounding, running over in hope. And if you ever get close to one of us, if you're in our path, that we would overflow on you. That's, that's my hope. We would be so filled with hope that if we come across you, that, that it would be contagious and our hope would get on you and our hope would get in you. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. Think about this past couple years about COVID, about the coronavirus. You may have already thought of it enough. But think about how it showed us how really interconnected we are, how really interrelated we are on this planet. Now, think about this for just a second. Some person, somebody in China, uh, Wuhan, I've never heard of that, never been there for sure, they, they got this virus. Now, we can talk about how they got it, but they somehow got this virus. And there in this place, in the middle of some place I've never been, they got next to somebody who got next to somebody, and they went over there, and they got next to somebody, and they went over there, and they got next to somebody. And maybe they were riding on a bike, maybe they were flying on a plane, maybe they were on a ship, but they got next to someone who 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 at Route 2 Vernon, Texas, got next to someone who got next to me. And I think about how crazy that is. Somebody got next to somebody that it made it all the way to Farm to Market Road, 1763. That's, that's absurd. Well, listen to me this morning. What if our hope was the same way? What if our hope was the same way? What if we were sure today we have a hope? What if we were sure today that our hope stands? What if we were sure today that it's settled in the person of Jesus? And what if we were so overflowing with hope, so abounding with hope, that we got next to somebody and they got filled with hope and they understood the hope that is within us and they got next to somebody who got next to somebody and maybe they're on a bike and maybe they're on a plane and maybe they're on a ship and maybe they got next to somebody in Wuhan, China. Can you imagine that? Why couldn't that happen? Why, why is that not our potential? Listen to me today. Our world needs hope. And friends, we have hope in the person of Jesus Christ. It stands this morning. Today our message is entitled a better hope, a better hope. Today we're in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, a better hope. I'm going to ask if you would, if you would stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's word. First Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy 
has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And I want to read that again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we come today, and I'm thankful for this day. And I, I'm thankful, Lord, for the sun shining. I'm thankful for the breath that, that we breathe in. I'm thankful for the meeting of the church. Lord, I pray that it would be supernatural. I pray that it wouldn't be normal. I pray, Lord, in a hard and dark world that we would be filled with the hope that is Jesus, that we'd be renewed in that hope. And I pray, Lord, that we would walk out of here with a contagious hope despite the circumstances of life, despite the hardships of life, that we would have a contagious hope and that we would get next to somebody and that hope would spread. And in a dark world, we would get next to somebody and that hope would spread. And Lord, I pray the fruit of that is there would be a hope-filled people as you find a people walking with Jesus Christ for your glory, for your name's sake. Lord, I pray that you speak to us in this time that it would truly be your word. And I pray, Lord, that it would pierce our hard hearts, that it would pierce our, 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 our clouded minds, our busy schedules, and that you would speak this morning. Lord, I pray that it would bear much fruit. I pray that we would draw closer to you. I pray, Lord, that in the hearing of the gospel, that there would be some that would turn to you in repentance and faith, and they would trust you as Savior today. Lord, we love you and we praise you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Today we are living in a hopeless world. Now I watched that the last month, coming into this month, all these crazy things seems to be escalating. We are living in a hopeless world. We are living in a world where people are discouraged. We're living in a world where people are depressed, where people are numb, trying not to just feel the things of, of life. We are living in a hopeless world. I, I read this week, a Harvard poll that says 51% of young adults are sad and or are hopeless. 51% of young adults are hopeless. That same study, same survey said 52% say they find no pleasure in doing things. Now, can you imagine that? 52%, the things of life, a, a fun vacation, a fun trip, a great meal, they find no pleasure in doing the things of life. A Center for Disease Control poll this same year says this, 44% of teenagers, listen to this, 44% of teenagers report persistent feelings of hopelessness. Can you imagine? These are our young people. They have things to see. They have places to go. They have things to do. They're just starting out, and they report having persistent feelings of hopelessness. That's the day we're living in. That's the, that's the world we're living in. Now, let me just tell you this morning, here's what I think has happened. And I, I, I go, how are we so hopeless? Are, are kids even so hopeless? Here is what I think has happened. What I think has happened is this. We have put our hope in the wrong things 
And those wrong things have provided no hope. They have, they have actually dashed our hope. They're empty. And so the result is we begin to hope in no thing. And that's what I think has happened. We've put our hope in the wrong things. That wrong hope has proven empty. And so the result is we begin to hope in no thing. Do you know that's the plan of Satan? Do you know that's the ploy of Satan? You trust in the world's things and you're crushed and you're devoured and there's hopelessness and it's empty. And so you become numb and you begin to hope in no thing. Well, today's truth is this. We have a better hope. And I'll just tell you, when all of our other hopes have failed, when all of our other hopes have come up empty, listen today, we have a better hope. Last week we started this effort, and we saw as believers we have an abounding hope. Now, if you missed that message, it's worth going and listening to. We saw last week we have an abounding hope. It is an overflowing hope. Whatever the circumstance of life, whatever you're going through, it may not be something you ever expected. It may not be something you ever wanted. But whatever we're going through, we have a hope that overflows that. We have a hope that abounds over that. Now, the reason we saw it's not because of us. It's not because of our willpower. It's not because of our good circumstances. But the reason is our God, Romans chapter 15, verse 13 says, is the God of hope. The reason we have an abounding hope is our God, he is the God of hope. And so we can be confident because of our God. We have hope and our hope stands because of our God. He is the God of hope. Well, today we go forward. And I think it's an awesome thing. God's word often does this. It just keeps building. If we'll listen, it just keeps building. It just keeps stacking. Well, today we go forward and we're going to see we have not just an abounding hope, but today what we have is a better hope. It is a better hope. It is worth hoping in because it is a better hope. All right, let's go to our verses. 1 Peter chapter 1. Now, you should remember how to get there. We went there for a little while. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. We're going to have this, just this one verse, verse 3. We're going to go piece by piece through this verse. Now, the verse starts off, and I, I want you to remember, Peter is writing to stir them up. I heard that somewhere, that that's the purpose of the letter. He is writing to stir them up. Why is he writing? He wants to stir them up. It is a tough time. It is a discouraging time. And so he writes First and Second Peter, we saw, to stir them up. Well, in that process, he starts off and he says this. All right, here we go, piece by piece. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus. G, the, the, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here's the deal. Now, get this. Our hope, and really everything, but our hope begins and ends with God. And that's our starting place. That's why he starts right there. 
everything, but especially our hope, it begins and it ends with God. And so watch this. So if you remove God, if you remove God from the culture, if you remove God from our sight, if you remove God from our mouths, if you remove God from our schools and from our homes, and sadly, if you remove God from our churches, if you remove God, the study of God and the discussion of God and the worship of God and the wonderment of God, if you have a creation that doesn't include God, if you have a science that doesn't include God, listen, I'm talking about all of them. If you have a society that has no room for God, listen to me, you will have no hope. You will have no hope. You want to know why we're so hopeless today? You want to know why our youth, our young people are so hopeless? Because outside of God, they cannot find any hope. Well, we'll take God out of the creation account. We'll take God out of the things we teach. We'll take God out of our, out of our mouths. We'll take the wonderment of God out of our vision. And we become a hopeless people. Isn't that what we found last week in our message you know God, and you see God, and you know Jesus, and the result is it produces an abounding hope. Let me tell you something. If you know Jesus, and if you're growing in the knowledge of the truth of Jesus, that is the product. You don't have to do that. It produces hope. It erases discouragement when you know Jesus. He is the King. He is the Lord. He is sovereign. He is the lamb. He is, he is the propitiation for sin. He's the, the risen lamb. He is coming again. When you know Jesus and you're growing in your knowledge of Jesus, your hope increases. Flip side of that, the inverse of that, if you exclude God, there is no hope. Starts off and it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy. Now, I want you to listen to all of the words. All of the words matter. Every, every word, every line here matters. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy. Now, I want you to see this. Our hope, our having hope, our possessing hope is a testimony to God. And that's what I think is being revealed here in this verse. Our having hope, it is a testimony to God. You see, the world doesn't give hope, it crushes it. Satan doesn't give hope, he steals it. We do not build or manufacture hope, we run out of it. And the fact that you have hope it is a witness to God. The fact that we have hope, it is a testimony to God. The verse tells us here, we do not deserve hope, and yet God in his mercy gives us hope. Listen to me. It is a gracious, merciful thing that God gives us hope. It is a gracious, merciful thing that God gives us hope. Now I want you to see what that says about God. Here's what it says about God. He is kind. He loves you. He sees you. He knows you. 
He is gracious. He is compassionate. He is merciful even to sinners. And so listen, our hope is a monument to God. Our hope is a testimony to him. Now here's something. And so we need to start letting our hope show. See what I'm saying here? Our hope is a testimony to God. It points to his character. And so listen to me today. We need to start letting our hope show. Now, I may be talking to me, (laughs) but I may be talking to you. In these days that we're living in, follower of Jesus Christ, we need to start letting our hope show. And I'll I'll just tell you, we need to quit moping around. We need to quit dragging around. We need to quit watching the news and bemoaning it. We need to quit acting like we are a hopeless person in a lost and dying world. We need to quit walking around without any hope. And we need to start acting like the redeemed of Christ, followers of our King. We have hope. Do you hear what I'm saying? We have hope. Our hope stands. It is settled and is finished in the person of Jesus. And we need to start letting our hope show. I read about two brothers. One day they came out of their house and overnight the septic service truck had crashed in their yard. During the night the tow truck had come and they'd taken that truck, flipped it back over and they'd hauled it off out of the yard. But right in the yard was a giant pile of manure. Eight foot tall. Big old pile of stinking, disgusting manure. And I read about these two brothers. They came out of their house. Sun came up and they ate breakfast and they got their clothes on. They they rushed out of this house. And one of those brothers sees this giant pile of manure. And he walked around it and he put his hands in his pocket and he he looked at it and he said, I should have known this would have happened. He said, this is how it always goes for us. Notice it's not in the neighbor's yard. I should have known this is how it would go. I don't know how it got here, but this is what always happens to us. And he was mad and he was stewing and he was walking around looking at it. I should have known this is what would happen. The other brother ran to the garage and he got a shovel. And he came outside of that big old pile of manure and he started scooping. And then the crazy thing, he started scooping faster. And he's pitching it over there, and he's scooping faster. And the brother that's mad sees what he's doing. He's watching. He says, what are you doing? The brother said, a pile of manure this big, there must be a pony in here somewhere. (laughs) Friends, listen to me. Our having hope, and I want you to hear this, we do have it. I don't have to trump it up, and I don't have to crank some crank and act like we have a hope. We have a risen Savior. We have a hope in Jesus. Our hope stands. Listen, our having hope is a witness to the character of God. It is a witness to the goodness of God, the power of God. And as followers of Jesus Christ in 2023, we need to start letting our hope show. We need to start letting our hope show. 
there'll be somebody walk out of the service and say, can't tell me to have hope. Can't tell me to have hope. All right, let's go back to our verse. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Who has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Now stay with me. When we receive Jesus Christ by faith, when we trust him in faith as our Savior, the Bible says we are born again. In the power of God, it is his power. In the power of God, we are born again, Peter says here, to a living hope. What it means is this, in Jesus, if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, in Jesus we have a living hope. Now, I want you to start to make this personal. I want you to start to apply this to yourself. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, we have, you have a living hope. Now, last week we saw our hope that that word means a confident expectation. It means a sure anticipation. Well, now we add to that understanding and this week we see about that hope, it is living. It is a living hope. Now, do you know this morning, and you can be very sure of this, all other hopes are dying. And I, I, don't, have to, I, I don't have to think, well, somebody may come back and tell me a hope that's not dying. All other hopes are dying. If your hope is in your wealth, if it's in your money, if it's in your bank account, listen, friend, that is a dying hope. If your hope is in success, it can be snatched away. It can be lost in an instant. It is a dying hope. If your hope is in fun and entertainment and the accumulation of things, that is a dying hope. If your hope is in your health, that you'll never be sick, that I would never get sick, that is a dying hope. If your hope is in a, a person or a, a set of people, that is a dying hope. If your hope is in a great situation that will never turn, that is a dying hope. All other hopes are dying. But our hope, this hope, the only hope, Jesus, it is a living hope. Let me tell you what that means this morning. It means it does not fade. Well, when the unexpected comes, it does not fade. When the things we don't want to go through come, it does not fade. It means it does not fail. It doesn't let us down. It does not diminish. It doesn't taper off. It doesn't run out. It means it cannot be robbed from us. It cannot be stolen away from us. It means it can't be extinguished with water poured on it. It is a living hope. In Jesus, we have a living hope. I love hymns, and it's weird more and more all the time. More and more all the time, I love great hymns. I wish I could sing them, and I, I tell the folks that are close to me, if I could sing, y'all would be in trouble. If, if I could sing, I would blow stuff up. I would tear stuff up. I would sing in the grocery store. I would walk up here, and I would sing. If I could sing, I'd tear stuff up. Y'all are lucky. But I love hymns. And as I hear them, as I read them, 
I think of the faith of the person or the people that wrote them. And I, I read these hymns now, you know what, someone's been here before. I read these hymns and say, oh, someone's walked these roads before. I read these hymns and say, you know what, someone, someone leaned on their faith and, and they did it before this. And I think of these folks, I think of the faith of the people or the person that wrote them. Man, they must have understood this. We have a living hope. Man, they must have got that. We have a living hope. Man, they must have held on to it. We have a living hope. Think about the person that wrote, my faith has found its resting place, not in device or creed. I trust the ever-living one. His wounds for me shall plead. Or what about this one? On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. There's no other ground. There's no other ground. All other ground is sinking sand. Or what about this one? Have we trials or temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Or how about this one? When peace like a river, you are so glad I can't sing, <laughs> attendeth my way. When sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. What about the person that wrote this one? His name was Thomas Chisholm. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. That's in the verse. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thy cha changes not, thy compassions, thy mercies, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is Thy faithfulness. I want you to hear me again this morning. I want you to listen very carefully. We have a hope today. And it is an abounding hope today. It is an overflowing hope today. Whatever the circumstance of life that we find ourselves as we walk into this new year, we have an overflowing, abounding hope. Today, not only that, it is a living hope. It is worth grabbing a hold of. It is not dying. It is not fading away. It is a living hope hope. Why? Why? What is the difference? Why? The rest of the verse says this, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Christ from the dead. Now I want you to see this this morning. Jesus is the Lamb of God. Jesus pays the price for sin. He pays the price for your sin, for my sin. He does it in his death, in his blood shed on the cross of Calvary. I want you to be sure this morning our redemption is paid for. It is purchased in the death of Jesus. The wrath of God, it is settled alone in the death of Jesus. The justice of God is upheld in the death of Jesus. We have a remedy as sinners today because of the death of Jesus. Praise the Lord for his sacrificial death 
He died my death. He died your death, paying for our sins. Praise the Lord for his death. But listen to me this morning. With the debt paid, with the ransom delivered, with redemption held in his hand, Jesus dead three days. Oh, friend, listen to me. He walks out of the grave. He is the risen lamb. Satan's defeat blasts into the open air. Death's sting is anesthetized. And Jesus is the victor. We have a living hope in Jesus. We have a living hope in Jesus. Let me tell you why. We have a living hope, friend, because we have a living Savior. And today, today our hope stands because Jesus lives. Oh, have you seen the condition of our world? Oh, have you seen the prognosis? Our hope stands because Jesus lived. Our hope endures because Jesus is still alive. Our hope abounds because Jesus is the victor. We have an abounding hope. We have a living hope. We have a better hope. Here's the point to all of this. So what do we do? So what do we do? Two responses. Let me walk you through both of them. We have a living hope in Jesus. We have an abounding hope in Jesus. So what do we do? Let me give you two responses. First one is this. If you do not know Jesus, trust him today. Trust him today. Man, we could build a team of psychologists. We could get a team of engineers. We could go out looking for a hope in this world. We'll not find it. You will not find hope outside of Jesus. Listen, he is your Lord. He is your Savior. He is your Lamb. And friend, no matter who you are, he is your hope. If you don't know Jesus, trust him today. Turn to him today. He'll save you today. He is your hope. If you don't know Jesus, trust him today. Second response. And if you do know Jesus, trust him today. If you do know Jesus, listen to me. Trust him today. He is the victor. He rules today. He reigns today. He lives today. I want to tell you, friend, he sees you today. He knows your heart today. He knows your condition today. The Bible says he cares for you. Having gone to the cross, what wouldn't he not do for you if you know Jesus today? Trust him today. Not going to leave you. Not going to forsake you. He'll provide. If you know Jesus, trust him today. Praise the Lord, friends. We have a better hope. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come. And God, forgive us when we lose sight of our hope. Me. Forgive me. Forgive me when we get pulled down to the things of the world, all the what-ifs, all the what-abouts, Lord, help us to stand in hope. Help us to be a monument to your hope, testifying to your hope, our living hope, Jesus. Lord, I pray for some that do not have hope but a cruddy, lost and dying, hurting, struggling world. I pray, Lord, a hearing of a Savior that loves them, 
that died for them, that paid their price, that offers them in great grace and kindness, salvation, not of any work that they would do, but in faith. Lord, I pray that in, this, in, this, in the hearing of this gospel, they would turn to you, that they would trust you, that they would find and walk in hope. The forgiveness of their sin, reconciled to a holy God. Lord, I, I pray if there's some that are in this room, I pray that any barrier would be removed. I pray that their ears and hearts would be open, and I pray that the hearing the gospel would bear fruit in this hour. Lord, I pray for some listening in other ways today. I pray the same thing, that on this day in a hopeless world, hopeless in sin, that they turn and receive Jesus. Lord, I pray for us that do know you. I pray that we pick our heads up, that the, the fruit that you intend will be produced, joy and peace overflowing. And I pray that we would stand as testimonies to you and your goodness. And I pray we would share that with the lost and dying world. And the Lord, I, I come and I pass through all of that. It brings me to the place of saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, you didn't forget about us. Thank you, Jesus, you don't write us off. Thank you, Jesus, you don't grind us into the dirt. Thank you, Jesus, for your care, your grace, and your kindness, your renewal, your redemption, your new start. Lord, I thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Lord, we give you this hour as yours anyway. We pray that you move in this time of invitation. We pray that all that brings glory to you, and I trust it to you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to close our service with a time of response, a time of invitation. And I want to tell you, I say it every week. It truly is the most important time of our day, a time to respond to the truth of God's, the, to the, respond to the truth of God's word. We have a Savior in Jesus. We have a living hope in Jesus. If you do not know him, you come and let's settle it. Let's talk it through. Let me show you what God says. Let me show you his gospel. If, you, if you're here and you say, what, well, I'm ready to trust Jesus, you come. Let's, let's let the church know that you've trusted Jesus, the desire of your heart. Maybe you're here and you've trusted Christ, but you've never fought in believer's baptism. What an awesome way to start this year, not as part of your salvation, but as a testimony to the Savior of your salvation. You come. We'll set a day. It'll be a great day of celebration. You come and say, well, I want to be baptized. I want the world to see what I believe of Jesus. I want the world to see who I am in Jesus. You come. It'll be a great day of celebration. Maybe you're looking for a church home. You've prayed about it. And you believe God has led you here. You come as well. Together, we'll uphold his name. We'll preach his good news till he comes again. Maybe you're here and, and you want to come pray at an altar before we start this year. Maybe you want to come and you want to pray with me. Nothing is too big. Nothing is too small. This is our time of response, responding to the truth of God's priest's word. I'm going to ask as we stand and sing, if you have a decision to make, you step out. You come on. I'll meet you here. If you have a question, settle it today. You come on. I'll meet you here.